This is Indisputable. I'm Sharon Reed and for Dr. Rashad Ritchie today. And boy, do we have some stories for you. <laughs> the perfect person to break it all down. Our special guest co-host today, Ray Vanna, joins us again, Rebel HQ extraordinaire. Um, you've got a lot of projects going on, Ray, and um, we want to hear about them. Uh, love having you on. I yeah, it's I'm not even going to try with the lip gloss and everything. You look marvelous. Thank I look you. like I've been beat up by the first two stories, at least. They're um, going to so beat I, all of us up, but you definitely okay. never look that way. Okay, <laughs> you, you see, and this is, it's just, it. you're just, she's a positive person who doesn't take any mess. All right, let's launch into it. Okay, Ray. Uh, we begin with Vince McMahon, okay, accused of various heinous acts in a lawsuit. And when we say heinous, I can't even keep my glasses straight. This, I'm a grown woman. I'm past the age of 25. And that's what I'm going to tell you. And when you learn the details of this, you can't go back. There's no unhearing it. It's horrific. WWE chairman and CEO Vince McMahon has a lawsuit filed against him by a former WWE staffer, Janelle Grant, in which she alleges that longtime sexually, he long time he sexually abused her for a very long time. It gets you flustered. And here's why. She alleges he defecated on her head during a threesome. Sex trafficked her to others within the company. Grant alleges that McMahon pressured her into sexual situations, degraded her in exchange for giving her a job at WWE as administrator coordinator in WWE's legal department after a meeting that they had in 2019. I mean, so consider that in the legal department, okay? There's more according to the filing grant began working at the company at a difficult time in her life in 2019. The two met in March of that year when Ms. Grant was dealing with profound grief, struggling financially after devoting Years around the clock caregiving, her parents passed away. All of it's in the filing. It goes on to say on top of that, she was unemployed and her family home was lost in her parents' bankruptcy. Initially, McMahon seemed like a savior for Grant. But she soon began to feel otherwise. The Daily Mail, UK, filling in these just horrific details. As McMahon, dangled career making and life changing promises in front of Ms. Grant. He demonstrated an increasingly lack of boundaries, read the filing. During several meetings that were sensibly about a potential job at WWE, he greeted her in his underwear, touched her, repeatedly asked for hugs, spent hours sharing intimate details about his personal life. McMahon allegedly pushed her for a sexual relationship while insisting that she keep their affair quiet. When she began to seek a way to end the fling, she claims it became clear to her that her job was tied to her willingness to perform sexually for McMahon. Despite Ms. Grant's expressions of unhappiness and attempts to end the sexual relationship. And while she came to understand that McMahon expected the physical relationship to continue as part of her employment, she had no idea how sordid it would become nor how the psychological torture and physical violence would leave her feeling helpless, isolated, and trapped. Read the filing. And the lawsuit, which names WWE McMahon and former WWE head of talent relations, John Laranitis, 
as defendants. Grant alleged that McMahon told her on multiple occasions to go to Laurinaitis's hotel rooms and have sex with him before work days. Yeah, seeing them both on reality TV. Grant states in the lawsuit that in June 2021, McMahon and another executive locked her in her office, took turns sexually assaulting her. She also alleged that days later, McMahon locked her in his private locker room and forced himself on her. Bleacher Report adding more. McMahon allegedly sent explicit text messages to Grant and to other people within WWE about Grant. And Grant provided screenshots as part of the lawsuit. In one text, McMahon allegedly wrote to Grant, I'm the only one who owns you and controls who I want to F you. Just look at the purported evidence in this case. McMahon allegedly sent explicit photos of Grant to other people in WWE. When others at WWE expressed interest in having sex with Grant after seeing photos on his phone, McMahon allegedly texted, she may scream and try to say no, although it would be difficult to say anything with a body fluid down her throat. Furthermore, Grant claims she suffered bruising and bleeding after McMahon forcefully issued, or rather, used sex toys on her, which he named after his wrestlers. And one alleged sexual encounter in May 2020, Grant claims McMahon defecated on her head during a threesome before commanding her to continue pleasuring his friend. Additionally, Grant alleges in the lawsuit that McMahon had her create personalized sexual content for a WWE superstar that he was trying to re-sign her Saftar. The suit didn't name the professional wrestler, but described him as both a UFC fighter and WWE talent. People familiar with the matter identified the wrestler as Brock Lesnar, one of WWE's biggest names. Regarding Lesnar, Grant alleged that after he signed a new contract, McMahon allegedly texted Grant that part of the deal was effing you. McMahon asked her to send a video of herself urinating. Lesnar, who is married to former WWE star Sable, allegedly told Grant he wanted to set a play date. That was in December 2021, but a snowstorm canceled plans. That's just, you know. But wait, there's still more. You have Lesnar, McMahon, all kinds of just filth. Grant said in the lawsuit that McMahon pressured her to sign a non-disclosure agreement in January 2022 when his wife, Linda McMahon, became aware of their, uh, it says relationship. I'm not going to use relationship. It's not a relationship, not, not with these details, not with what has been described here. July 2022, McMahon retired from WWE after it was reported that he paid multiple women $14.6 million to remain silent about sexual encounters. I wouldn't even call them encounters at this point, if these allegations are true. Encounters with him and allegations of sexual misconduct. 
WWE Board of Directors investigation found McMahon improperly failed to report the payments as business expenses. And he was required to repay the company for the cost of the investigation. Grant alleges that WWE tried to minimize her allegations of sexual assault by making the investigation more about the payments, that part, and how they were reported. That's exactly where I was going, exactly where I was going here. I mean, who's on the board? According to Khadija Savdar of the Wall Street Journal, Grant signed a non-disclosure agreement in 2022 under which she agreed to remain silent about her allegations and her, her quote, relationship. I got to put it in quotes. With McMahon in exchange for $3 million. Grant alleges in her lawsuit, the payment stopped after an initial $1 million payment. So she is seeking to avoid the agreement and is suing for unspecified damages. McMahon returned to WWE in January 2023 and helped orchestrate a sale of the company to Endeavor Group Holdings, which also owns the UFC. WWE and the UFC have since merged into a company called TKO Group Holdings. And you want to know who the executive chairman is? That guy, Vince McMahon. Here's the response from TKO. I bet you can't wait to hear it. Mr. McMahon does not control TKO, nor does he oversee the day-to-day operations of WWE. I have to read it. I'm sorry. I have to. It's what they put out. A TKO spokesperson told Deadline this afternoon regarding the company's executive chairman. While the matter predates our TKO executive team's tenure at the company, we take Ms. Grant's horrific allegations very seriously and are addressing this matter internally. That's what you think. But TKO may not be able to entirely dismiss the promotion's founder due to a clause around his appointment to their certificate of incorporation. Devious in a number of ways, apparently. Any vacancy of the executive chair, which if Mr. McMahon is the initial executive chair, shall initially only occur upon the death, resignation, or incapacity of Mr. McMahon. Think of a way he could be incapacitated. And I'm not talking about violence. I'm actually, I can think of a way, right? Shall be filed by the board by the affirmative vote of a majority of the directors. Response from McMahon's rep. Again, a disclaimer, I have to read it. This is what they put out and you take it for what it's worth. This lawsuit is replete with lies, obscene, made up instances that never occurred and of addicted distortion of the truth. Spokesperson for McMahon said today he will vigorously defend himself. Okay. I ate a sandwich right before I came on. I shouldn't have eaten a sandwich. This is so vile. And before you accuse me of jumping to conclusions, haven't we been down this road before with Vince McMahon? Maybe not with the added horrific defecation details, but we've been down this road before. So it makes it a bit easier to see that there could be truth here, maybe a lot of truth. This is so twisted and sick. Uh, let's, I guess there's so many places we could. So let's start with this TKO and their stupid investigation that was about 
I guess like they're saying embezzlement, really. I mean, you take that's maybe a fancy word for it, probably not the right word legally, you'd know. But well, he took the money, never mind the defecation. And I should be able to say that, right? That's the allegation. Right. He may want to run from it, but never mind the defecation. What is this sensibly rape, if I'm correct? I mean, there's an ex-president who the judge said his ex groping, penetrating. I apologize, but this is, I told you the first couple of stories are outrageous. Can you unpack this? Because all of it makes me want to get in between those ropes. And there's this one move that they go up to the top rope and do some kind of move and like come down. And it like, that's it. You win. And it looks very painful. I'd like to do that to all of them, including the board, because this is sick. They hate women. You hate women if you've done this. You actually hate women. Absolutely. No, absolutely. And I think, you know, you just mentioned the board. That investigation is about protecting the board. It's about protecting the shareholders. It has nothing to do with protecting the women who work for WWE, UFC, or now their merged entity, TKO, just as the first investigation into Vince McMahon that led to his uh you know, supposed retirement in 2022, it had nothing to do with protecting the victims because what Vince McMahon has been doing his entire career is sexually assaulting uh, women who work for him, women, you know, if you just go to the controversies tab of his Wikipedia page, it's about a mile long of all people, the people who have accused him of sexual assault. Um, But what he's been doing is creating non-disclosure agreements with these women so that they won't out the uh, horrific assaults that they've suffered. And because they have entered into these non-disclosure agreements, then they can't necessarily come forward and talk about their experiences, which is how he's been able to cover up all of the horrific things he's been doing in his position of power, how he was able. But also, I mean, I think it's a huge indictment of, you know, men will always talk about how uh, well, a false accusation can ruin a man's life. Well, this man has decades upon decades upon decades of well uh, substantiated actual accusations of sexual assault, sexual harassment, uh, and that hasn't ruined his life in any way, shape, or form. He was not just able to, you know, retire somewhat quietly. He was also able to come back in in terms very favorable to him. And as you just laid out, uh, Sharon, in a way that he is insulated, specifically protected in his new position as the head uh, of TKO. And and I think that that's just a huge indictment of any sort of repercussions that men actually suffer for their behavior. There aren't that many. Most rapists don't get prosecuted. Most sexual harassers don't get prosecuted. Um, Women are still disproportionately the victims of sexual harassment in the workplace. It's not even close. And the numbers are still so much, you know, the numbers should be zero, but they're still so much higher than what we could have ever predicted they would be at this time. There's been so many moments in our history as a country where we thought we had reckoned with violence against women. We had reckoned with sex discrimination, especially in the workplace, uh, and nothing substantial has changed. And it's important that we continue to cover these stories uh, and these allegations just to put a, a, to highlight that fact that these men, and this is her allegation is well, well sourced. It's, it's very, there's a lot of evidence that she's brought forward, uh, text messages, videos, things of that nature. And will we see any repercussions for Vince McMahon? I don't know. But given his past history, I would expect 
Probably not, other than he's going to be obligated to pay her the money he owes her for the non-disclosure agreement that he violated by not continuing the payments. I I I would like to see justice, but women women just don't get justice in this no. in this country. It's sick, and it's important that we just keep highlighting that fact and fighting against it. I want her to get every cent and three million dollars if what has been outlined is is true is not even tip money you understand mm-hmm. and if that's what the american way is and civil justice then but i i wish there was a way if even a portion of this is true that this person goes to jail yeah i want to in prison and i'm not all about prison but the, women are not safe with this kind of predator around who then said he so much a predator and hate her, misogynist. He hates women so much that with all the money, all of the wife, who I guess is the only one woman that under the guise of whatever they have going on, their 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 mutually beneficial, I guess, relationship. She was in politics at one point, wanted to be, gets them both. I such a predator and so sick that he won't even have a, a seat at his age, having achieved all he has, won't even take a seat. Has to come back, consult a lawyer who says, here's how we, we do the charter. Here's how we do the, the paperwork to make sure they can't get, get you out of here. And I don't believe for a second that TKO board members, whoever else, my opinion, is learning about some of these sort of details for the first time. Because there was that weird ouster from WWE, that whole thing. Okay, so they were given certain information, attorney to attorney, things went down. And I'm sorry, no parent is perfect. And I don't want to bring his daughter, Stephanie, into it. But I'm going to tell on my daddy. (laughs) <laughs> but cool, good thing my daddy tells me the truth. And we talk about ways that he's not perfect, I'm not perfect. But there's perfect, then there's imperfect, like all of us. And then there's demon-like behavior. Can she get out of the non-disclosure? It's not so much the money. Get out of the non-disclosure and run, tell it all, Ravana. Because he didn't pay. You didn't pay, you violated. That's how I see it, layman's, but you tell me. No, that yeah, that is exactly the reason that we are getting this information that we are is because he violated the non-disclosure agreement. So in order to enforce the payment now, she can take him to court and all of this becomes, you know, a matter of public record. And that, yeah, but that is the reason why we haven't gotten a lot of the details about his previous. And I think you uh, did an excellent job calling out the the term relationship that they use. These Uh. are not sexual relationships. This man is a serial sexual abuser, sexual harasser, and allegedly also a rapist. So those other non-disclosure agreements he reached, I would bet my bottom dollar that those were non-consensual relationship relationships. Those were non-consensual engagements. Those were um, instances of sexual harassment, sexual assault. But we won't be able to get the details out of those because those payments, uh, you know, seemingly were made and those people are bound, which I think 
is a good time to highlight the fact that some states do not recognize non-disclosure agreements legitimacy as it pertains to sexual harassment and sexual assault. Um, even if the individual received the payment, they can still come forward if it was made for sexual assault, sexual harassment. Those are not deemed uh, legal non-disclosure agreements. And I wish that we could do more yeah. in the way of making that the, the law of the land here so that more women feel comfortable coming forward. But I think it's also worth mentioning the fact that these women believed, and rightfully so, that entering into these NDAs and getting these sort of hush payments from uh, McMahon was the only way they were ever going to see a dollar. Not yeah. That was the only way that they would be able to live normal lives, not be demonized in the media, that they wouldn't have to worry if their story was going to be believed. Because if we had a justice system that worked for women that worked for the victims of sexual violence, we wouldn't see people taking this type of payment. We would see them going to the courts. We would see them winning probably a lot more money than they're being paid out by these hush money payments. If we cared about protecting women, if we cared about justice for women, and that is uh, something that uh, we've seen time and time again, women who come forward with their stories are the victims of brutal harassment campaigns. They are not believed in the court system. They are treated poorly uh, every step of the way, and they choose just not to come forward. And we, again, you know, it's a sad state of affairs and something that we need to change. And if it only stopped with this particular victim, and I, I believe her, so that's what I'm going to call her. A survivor, because the wife said, "Yeah, man, stop it! Now knock it off." Where? At what point do you not? There have been husbands and wives who've gone to authorities in the past, while married, and said, "I just found out my husband's done this horrific abuse, and damn our vows." Okay, we're this needs to be dealt with. The public's not safe. The public's not safe. They're so brazen. Even stop paying her because he knew he could. That's what I'm gonna do. Okay, I've been getting away with it for so long. WWE is an antiquated business. I know a lot of people like it. Oh, everyone thought it was so great that the women who are scantily clad, wear whatever you want. I don't care if you prance around naked. Everybody thought it's so great. They now have a divas division, and they get to have a divas chain. David man, sick. Not trying to tag. Well, I am. It's worthy of it. Who are you, America? Who are you, Alabama? The update on the inmate, Kenneth Simmons, Smith's rather, horrific nitrogen execution. Kenneth Smith, we've been following this death row inmate. 58-year-old Alabama inmate Kenneth Eugene Smith was put to death Thursday night using nitrogen gas in the execution chamber at the William C. Holman prison in Atmore, Alabama. The experiment, I don't want to use the word success, but the experiment worked the way they intended it to work in the death chamber, folks. Witness reports state, Smith shook and convulsed on the gurney as the state carried out the first of its kind execution. The execution once again, placing the US at the forefront of the debate over capital punishment. 
You want to be the best in the world? You are. You're number one. U.S. today. Reports also state his wife cried out as she watched her husband thrash against his restraints. Smith, convicted for a murder for hire plot, was pronounced dead at 8.25 p.m. after breathing the gas through a face mask to cause oxygen deprivation. Execution took about 22 minutes between the opening and closing of the curtains to the viewing room. This is America. There's a viewing room in the death chamber. I'm not too sure I want to hear about other countries and what they're up to. I'm not too sure I want to hear anything about it. Let's get back to the viewing room. March 18th, 1988, the crime. Elizabeth Senate on the right, found dead in her home with eight stab wounds in the chest and one on each side of her neck. Smith was one of two men convicted in the killing, the other John Forrest Parker, executed in 2010. Prosecutor said the men were each paid thousand bucks by her pastor husband, Charles. Senate senior on the left was deeply in debt, wanted to collect on insurance. Husband killed himself when the investigation focused on him as a suspect. He couldn't have known back then what would have been, I guess, waiting for him in Alabama's viewing room death chamber. So he took his own life. AP describes Smith's execution. Smith appeared to remain conscious for several minutes after the gas started flowing. For at least two minutes, he shook violently and writhed on the gurney, sometimes pulling against their strengths and shaking the gurney with the force of his movements. That was followed by several minutes of heavy breathing until breathing was no longer perceptible. Associated Press, Tim Chandler with the details. Tonight, Alabama causes humanity to take a step backwards, Smith said in a final statement. I'm leaving with love, peace, and light. He made the I love you sign with his hands toward family members who were witnesses. Thank you for supporting me. Love, love all of you, Smith said. According to the AP and Daily Mail, Smith's spiritual advisor, Reverend Jeff Hood, who attended the execution, said it did not. Match the state attorney general's prediction in court filings that Smith would lose consciousness in seconds, followed by death within minutes, saying, quote, we didn't see somebody go unconscious in 30 seconds. What we saw was minutes of someone struggling for their life. Thank you for the truth. Hood described the execution as the worst thing he had ever seen, claiming prison officials gasped in shock. As Smith died far slower than anticipated. I want you to watch, listen to this. We go into the chamber, this mask looks like a firefighter's mask. It's completely covering his whole face. We prayed together, we were able to spend time together. Briefly, I told him I loved him, touched my heart, making the sign of the cross, letting him know that he's not alone. And 
Maybe when they turned the nitrogen on, he began to convulse. He popped up on the gurney over and over and over again. He shook the whole, the whole gurney. I could hear audible gas behind me coming from the witness areas. I could see the, the I could see the corrections officers that were in there. They were. I think they were very surprised that this didn't go smoother. One of the state officials that was in the room was so nervous, she was tap dancing. I could hear her feet tapping over and over again because they wanted it to be over. He kept breathing for what could possibly have been about nine minutes, ten minutes. Uh, I mean, an unbelievable evil was unleashed in Alabama. Governor Ivy is responsible for what just happened in there. The horror show that just happened in there. Attorney General Marshall is responsible for the horror show that just happened in there. Commissioner Ham, and all the way down to these corrections officers who perpetuated this. Isabel, I've never, ever seen anything like that. That was torture. That was torture. Reverend Hood. A man of faith who even put his own life in danger because there was no guarantee that the nitrogen wouldn't leak out from Mr. Smith's mask. But he was determined to be there and see him through to the end, said that was torture. And remember who was in the room, okay? It wasn't medical professionals administering things, it was men who worked the prison system in Alabama. The requirement is, I believe, a high school degree, I, I believe. And they were carrying it out. And I think um, you do what you can educationally. But we're talking about a medical procedure, is how they built it. I called something else, and that's the reason doctors didn't want to be in the room because the Hippocratic Oath is they're supposed to save lives, not take them. So they said, you, you guys. Get in here. You'll you'll be the ones. In his final hour, Smith met with family members, Reverend Hood, as well. According to prison spokesperson, Smith ate a last meal of T-bone steak, hash browns, toast, and eggs slathered in A1 steak sauce. You know, this is this is just have we this is medieval times, what we're describing here. Hood said by telephone before the execution was carried out, quote. He's terrified at the torture that would come, but he's also at peace. One of the things he told me is he's finally getting out. AP with the details, Reverend Hood relating the statement. The UN Human Rights Office and the EU on Friday condemned the execution. Quote, he was writhing and clearly suffering. Ravina. Chandasani, spokesperson for the UN Human Rights Office said, rather than looking for novel untested methods to execute people, let's just bring an end to the death penalty. This is an anarchism that doesn't belong in the 21st century, USA Today. UN Human Rights Office had previously warned officials that it believed the method known as nitrogen hypoxia could breach the prohibition on torture or other cruel, inhuman, or degrading treatment or punishment. In a statement on Friday, the European Union said nitrogen 
hypoxia was particularly cruel and unusual punishment and called for states to move toward abolition in line with the worldwide trend. Some states are looking for new ways to execute people because the drugs used in lethal injections have become difficult to find. Three states, Alabama, Mississippi, Oklahoma, have authorized nitrogen hypoxia as an execution method, but no state had attempted to use it. This untested method until now. Congratulations, Alabama. Nitrogen hypoxia is the latest method of capital punishment implemented in the US since lethal injection was introduced in 1982. Alabama officials called the method humane. But others, including three Supreme Court justices, said more should have been known about the method before it was used. USA Today and long crime noted Justice Sonia Sotomayor in her dissent of the Supreme Court's rejection of Smith's recent appeal on Wednesday. Mentioned Alabama's failed attempt to execute Mr. Smith by lethal injection in November 2022. Quote, having failed to kill Smith on its first attempt, Alabama has selected him as its guinea pig to test a method of execution never attempted before. The world is watching. Thank you, Justice Sonia Sotomayor. Sotomayor said that Smith had valid legal challenges to the execution method and admonished her fellow justices for again allowing Alabama to experiment with a human life. Aren't these the pro-life justices? Hmm. I'm asking, I think so. While depriving Smith of meaningful discovery on meritorious constitutional claims, according to Sotomayor, allowing Smith to complete discovery into nitrogen hypoxia is valuable for future death row inmates, in addition to Smith. Long crime. The justice remained committed to the Eighth Amendment's protection against cruel and unusual punishment, as did her fellow justices, Lena Kagan and Katanji Brown Jackson. Long crime reported, however, despite the years of legal wrangling, the failed prior execution attempt, Justice Clarence Thomas. I know you have to show the picture, but you know what it does to me. Team, you know what it does to me. Let me try to just look down and get through it. Thomas rejected Smith's final appeal in a two-sentence denial earlier Thursday. And then he headed to dinner with Ginny. It's my opinion, I added that, not based on the team's research. Alabama Governor Kay Ivey said the execution was Justice for Elizabeth Senate saying, quote, after more than 30 years, an attempt after attempt to game the system, Mr. Smith has answered for his horrendous crimes. I pray that her family can receive closure after all these years dealing with that great loss. Thank God I'm not the family going through it, but 30 years and then putting a man to death with nitrogen hypoxia. I don't know that that's closure as decades went by and I moved on with my life because I had no choice. And can you put the governor's picture back up? Because I want to say this. I picture her getting the call that the deed is done 
and having that same look on her face as if she just got finished or was about to laugh. That's what I see in this. This whole thing is crazy. After all these years dealing with that great loss, Governor Ivy. Alabama State Attorney General Steve Marshall said late Thursday nitrogen gas was, quote, intended to be and has now proved to be an effective and humane method of execution. Wish we could get the time back for that statement. It's just necessary. AP reports that when asked about Smith's shaking and convulsing, Alabama Corrections Commissioner John Q. Ham said they appeared to be involuntary movements. Now you're a doctor, Mr. Ham. Hmm. Saying, quote, that was all expected and was in the side effects that we've seen or researched on nitrogen hypoxia. Nothing was out of the ordinary from what we were expecting. Lie, you put in your own filings. You said it would be seconds. Remember what Reverend Hood told us? You said it would be seconds. He'd be unconscious and then kind of just, you know, go to sleep, take a dirt nap. All is well that ends well. I would say, how can these people sleep at night, Ravana? Because see, they, they want to do this thing where you're supposed to just be thinking about the crime, okay? And the punishment must fit the crime. No, these are two separate matters. Nobody's saying that Mr. Smith didn't deserve punishment. Either we are for torture or we're not, okay, Guantanamo Bay. Either we're for torture or we're not. And I just want everyone to be honest, since we couldn't get this stopped, that you we believe in torture. And that the United States should not speak to any other country about torture because we are part of the, the union, those other countries who believe in torture, okay? And by the way, why did you waste a jury's time, Alabama? Because when the jury sat and decided the punishment for Mr. Smith, they said, no, doesn't meet the standard for death in Alabama. Or I believe, is it Alabama where people are missing organs? One minute they're in prison, next minute they're dead, and their families are getting bodies without organs, something about harvesting. Oh Yeah, we've covered it a couple times here. The jury said life, not death. But the judge down in Alabama said, nope, he's gonna die. Nitrogen hypoxia. It is outrageous. I've said too much, Ravana. I need your sensibilities here for the rest of us. I'm really glad that, because I was just about to mention, I'm really glad that you pointed out that the jury didn't sentence him to death. They sentenced him to life in prison, which if the goal of prison is rehabilitation or you know even just punishment for the sake of punishment it is objectively should be worse to have to live out a, a lifetime behind bars in the cruel justice system that we have in this country versus dying and then not having to uh, see the ramifications of your actions not have to contend with that any longer i usually would say that but the cruel horrific and unusual way in which this man was put to death is just 
just unfathomable. It's evil. It's pure evil. And the justice system failed him at every step of the way, particularly given the fact that this was someone and nothing can erase the horrible crime he committed. But that doesn't mean that we should look at the circumstances that led him to commit it. This was someone in a dire financial situation who turned to this as a last resort to try to fix his broken finances. And it was wrong and he deserved punishment. He probably deserved life in prison. But this seems like the type of person who would be a candidate for rehabilitation. This isn't someone who was killing for the sake of killing like the woman's husband uh, who paid him was. This is somebody, uh, you know, who it seems like given, you know, better education or uh, you know, the circumstances to reflect on it could have come out the, the other side a better person. And instead, they took his life away uh, in, a, in the most cruel fashion they could possibly fathom. I'll just also add a little context to why they have trouble getting the uh, other lethal injection drug that is typically used is a lot of the uh, pharmaceutical mm-hmm. companies that manufacture it now refuse to sell it to states if they are going to use it for executions for criminal executions. And that is because of lobbying of activists, um, protesting these organizations, these companies who manufacture the drug, who people who rightfully oppose the death penalty. But an unfortunate consequence of that has been that a lot of these states have turned to more draconian methods of sent, uh, killing people, putting them to death. Death by firing squad has now been brought back in several states. I know Idaho Uh, being one of them. And now they're turning to this. And just a reminder to everybody, the state of Alabama is celebrating this as a victory, that this was not just justice, but it paved the way for them to use this exact method in future cases. And for states all across the country, 27 of them, which still have the death penalty and our federal government still uh, has the death penalty and is currently seeking it in one case, the first time the Biden administration has done so. So anybody who uh, opposes capital punishment, which I believe everybody should, you know, should know these things and, and, you know, advocate against them. And if you're still siding with the state of Alabama after all that, it's that last part that Rayvana said. Imagine that, the devilish, devious in love with money and drugs and opioids that wiped out generation of people. The pharmaceutical companies have said this is not what we're going to be doing anymore. We don't want any part of this. When the pharmaceutical companies say they don't want no part of this. And they're all about that money and addiction and drugs, some life-saving, some life-taking, if you will. They don't even want to get involved. Look at your life. Last point, Ivana said, life in prison is a torturous thing. I believe Mr. Smith got both. He got 30 years to think about things and two trips to the viewing room and the death chamber before he was cruelly, torturously put to death. I wish you Karen would. You want to call the police on him for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're going to feel free! Back off! I've had a couple of African American men threatening my life. The media didn't cover that, sir. And your friend, and all the people that came here, and anybody else who wants to see me right now, I do not give a. Because I will 
takes to fight for the people that I fight for. And I wish, I wish that I could have voiced this in a different way so that everybody could understand it. Mel Karen losing it at a casino. You know, it's a bizarre meltdown. I used to go to the casino a lot with my grandmother. I never was interested in it <laughs> at all. Because I found that as time would go on, I would just sit in the vehicle and watch. I had this little mini TV and I'd watch it hours would go by. And by about the eighth hour, and I'd go in periodically, Nanny, are you ready to go? Nanny, please. Okay, later, my mother wanted to go. My mother, who Saved all her life and was like very buttoned up. I said, please, can we go? Their pupils would be dilated. <laughs> They'd be putting money and coins in as they'd leave. Okay. Never lost a house, came back to their senses, ate a sandwich on the way home, and they were fine. I don't know what this male Karen's issue is or the meltdown, Ravana. I just lay all that out and tell too much family history and business to say, I think certain places are hit with certain mood lighting and ding, 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 ding. And then the drinks are flowing in, everything's flowing. And I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying that certain places are more ripe than others. But then we've seen this behavior, Taco Bell, Chipotle. So I don't know even what I'm saying, but what did you see? Well, I appreciate you sharing that story because my grandma also has a thing for the casino. And my uh, aunt also, they love to go together whenever my grandma visits her in Arizona. And my mom went with them. She tagged along. She thought she could stick it out. But she also went out to the car for several hours <laughs> and fell asleep. She kept going back in. Please, can we leave? And they'll be like, yeah, just a minute. She'd go back out to the car. Hours would go by, come back in. And I I just went to Vegas this year. I don't gamble. I didn't gamble while I was out there. But uh, there is something about the slot machines that creates a, a mecca in Las Vegas for the elderly. They're just... They they were locked in on those machines. And of course, they serve you. I don't know about this casino, but typically they give you free drinks yeah. while you're gambling to keep you there. So people do get, uh, and that guy obviously was very liquored up and just saying whatever passing thoughts were coming through his zombified brain. And that's why it was as incoherent as it was. But, you know, I think it's a, a good idea for all of us to practice moderation when we go yeah. out, especially at a place that the goal is to get you drunk and to take your money. Yeah. And so I think in this one instance, it may be the first. You're right. Well, I'm going to put a question mark at the end of that. I wish you Karen would, because I, there seems to be more going on in the casino and we'll investigate more. But I am going to give it a little bit of a question mark. And it's still rude, outlandish, melting down, but is that okay? It's just a question mark. But maybe this one will uh, get you going. Double dose. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're, you're I feel great. Back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Who? Who? You're the one driving I'm like an idiot. She's got the 
the phone. I watch you on the phone. I said you have to take, pick your okay. finger up. Oh, f you, man. The visual take my f picture. Get the f away from my car, buddy. Okay. Get the f away, buddy. Oh, you want to f around? Baby, don't. You want to f around, you little. When you're feeling tough, you pull off to the side, you engage in a road rage, and then Andre the Giant steps out of the vehicle and you want to think about it a little bit. Road rage, male Karen biting off perhaps more than he can chew. I couldn't tell, Ravon, if at the end there was it a child we pixelated the face or a senior who said, oh, <laughs> get back in the car, nothing to see. Let's all, let's all calm down here. I never, I understand being frustrated while driving. Of course, we all get angry on the road. But, and I'd say this every time we see road rage Karens, but I am not going to risk my life because I was upset that I got cut off or even that I maybe got rear-ended a little bit. I'm going to have a polite conversation with the person um, because you never know who has a gun. You never know who has a gun in this country. And my senior year of college, someone at my school uh, was cut off. He caught up to them at a light and started yelling at them and they shot him through the neck and he is paralyzed from the waist, uh, from the neck down and will be for the rest of his life. And if you asked him or anybody who's been the victim of gun violence because of road rage, I'm sure they would all tell you that it is not worth it. It's not worth it. And it wasn't until uh, Andre the Giant stepped out of the car that that man realized what he was doing wasn't worth it. But it could have gone in a very different direction. And when you have children in your car, to behave in that manner is just truly despicable. What example are you setting? I don't care if it was the other people's fault. I don't know what happened to, to get them so riled up. But not only are you putting your life at risk by standing in the middle of a road to yell at these people by engaging with them, you're also putting your kids' lives at risk. So I just, everyone needs to take a deep breath and think about the things we do before we do them. It's not always easy, but it's just for your sake, for the sake of those around yeah. you, you just got to calm yeah. down, handle your emotions, and you know, engage as politely as possible. I think that's why I, I, people flip me off all the time. I'm not the best driver and can't parallel park. And you know, now you're holding up a whole another lane. And I just ignore it. My daughter says, Mommy, why don't you? Well, no. Okay, life's going to go on. I smile. I say, Sorry, sorry, sorry. When I cut someone off, I make sure they can see me say that. But I learned from my stepfather, dearly departed, good man. He once was driving. Not a good driver because he wasn't paying attention to all that. He was thinking. He drove the wrong way on the highway once. <laughs> We're saying, Pop, please. People are flipping off. People are, Arr. and uh, he just kept going. And he said, I'm not worried about these people. And that's how you have to do it. It's not worth it. Not worth it. Over 26,000 abuse related pregnancies in Texas since abortion ban. Cause and effect, consequences, if you will. A newly published statistic shows the number of abuse-related pregnancies after Texas's restrictive abortion law took effect. It's being kind of, it's called it restrictive, right? Study published Wednesday in the Journal of American Medical Association shows that there were an estimated 
26,313 rape-related pregnancies during the 16 months after Texas outlawed almost all abortions. Texas has the highest estimate among the 14 states with total abortion bans, though Texas also has the largest population according to the study. Texas's abortion law does not offer any exceptions for survivors of rape or incest. ABC 13 News with the details. According to our partners at the Houston Chronicle, researchers estimate that there were 519,981 rapes associated with 64,565 pregnancies during the four to 18 months after states implemented total abortion bans following Roe v. Wade being overturned in June 2022. Of the pregnancies, an estimated 5,586 occurred in states with exceptions for rape and 58,979 in states with no exceptions. At 2023 Texas Rally for Life event, Texas's Governor Greg Abbott said, with your help, we've made transformational changes in Texas law. Last session, life-saving changes. We promised we would protect the life of every child with a heartbeat, and we did. Just not the ones crossing the border with that razor wire. Disclaimer, it's not part of a statement. I signed a law doing exactly that. We passed a law that bans mail order abortion drugs in Texas. We promised that if Roe v. Wade was overturned, abortions would be banned in Texas. It was overturned. And I signed a law that bans abortions in Texas. Texas total is almost as many rape related pregnancies as the next six states combined. Missouri, 5,825, Tennessee, 4,990, Arkansas, 4,660, Oklahoma, 4,530, Louisiana, 4,290, Alabama, 4,130. Researchers said they could not analyze trends over time, so it's not clear if the estimates represent an increase from previous years. Okay, Ravana. Texas, according to Greg Abbott, the governor, all about life. This is about life. Never mind if you've been raped, incest, your body is rejecting the pregnancy, your life is at risk. Texas cares about life. Texas cares about life so much that they are trying, they're defending their right to murder people at the border with razor wire. And by just shooting them, it's phenomenal. Leading up to the overturning of Roe v. Wade, and as the states in post overturning of Roe v. Wade, states were passing these arcane, draconian anti abortion laws, and they were promising us that people who get abortions because of rape are just a tiny fraction of people. Well, I happen to be in that supposed tiny fraction of people. And I think my story matters. And I think the stories of women just like me matter. And I think the stories of the thousands of women in the state of Texas who were denied an abortion and forced to carry their rapist's baby to term, forced to raise a child that was the result of a horrific crime committed against them. I think their stories matter, but people like Greg Abbott don't care about the lives of these women. They don't care about women, and that is evidenced by the fact that Texas has a massive backlog of untested rape kits. Uh, What Greg Abbott's response to that was, was saying, uh, well, the state's going to 
use the death penalty against rapists. Well, great. That doesn't do a goddamn thing to prevent the rape from happening in the first place. And you've ensured that the conditions for the survivor are going to be as cruel and inhumane as possible, that her treatment is going to be as horrendous as possible, and that you won't see any humanity in her as an individual. But this is exactly what we were saying. This is exactly what women, what advocates for abortion rights were fighting for, what we were telling people was going to happen. This is what the Republicans promised wouldn't happen. And here it goes. Here it's happened. And just imagine but we give the, the the number of people who were the victims of rape that resulted in pregnancy. Not all of them were women. Some of them were girls. Some of those people aren't even 18 years old, and they are going to be forced to carry a pregnancy to term and be a baby, raising a baby that they didn't want, that they didn't ask for, that was quite literally forced upon them and then forced on them again by the state. It is despicable and disgusting. But Ravana, Texas cares about babies. That's what this is. But So what it really means is you're right. They knew all this, all of this was presented to them, these scenarios that turned into reality. And they had advocates, surrogates, I'll call them, who went and made all the talk shows. And well, some of the journalists tried harder than others to hold them accountable, but they lied. They said, no, no, none of that's going to happen, okay? These are the same people that hey, keep your doctor if you want, like your doctor. Remember how they were just so, all breathing down Obama's neck? You said you keep your doctor, you can't keep your doctor. You said this wouldn't happen. And now it's happened. More of these pregnancies than all the other abortion ban states combined. I'm done saying Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, who hurt you and you know what's wrong with you. And I did that. A few times over the years, I, it doesn't matter what's wrong with him and others who don't want to listen to anything. They want to talk past things. Because by the way, there's one side who's not saying a total abortion up until the, the pregnancy is ready to be delivered. No one's saying that. Stop it. And newsflash for you: I haven't met a woman who enjoys abortion and just loves abortion and thinks abortion is terrific. It's medically necessary. Abortion is a right to a human being and their body, okay? It's a medical option. And if we could change things so these men like Greg Abbott could be the ones that could carry a baby to term, maybe we'd get somewhere because you're just talking past. You're just talking past. Nobody is raising their hand, jumping up, saying, please, I think I'd enjoy abortion today. Like when a child is raped, like when a woman's body is rejecting the pregnancy, when her life is dependent on the abortion, it's necessary. So knock off the welfare queen type nonsense that you're spewing. It's necessary for women of all economic levels. Although I notice some at the top don't have to go through this, right? They just get on their private jet or go. I'm sure some of the people who are Marching against abortions, they'll call themselves pro-life, but come on, I mentioned the razor wire and the migrants, right? Mm. I'll give you the last word, Rivana. I'll just say that when 
I'm really lucky to live in a state that values women's rights, that protected abortion in our constitution. So I wasn't forced to, I mean, my life wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to achieve any of the things I've achieved if I wasn't able to have what I believe was a medically necessary abortion. It was a, a personally necessary abortion and I shouldn't have to, and no woman should have to justify that. No woman should have to, while dying in a hospital, wait for a legal team to determine if she's dying enough to get an abortion because We've seen it happen before. That legal team is not a medical team. They're not a team of experts. Mm-hmm. The doctors who are the experts have decided it's necessary, but she can't get the uh, procedure she needs immediately. No child, no baby in this country should be forced to raise a baby. And we've got to call out, uh, we've got to call the supposed pro-life movement what it is. They, <laughs> they're they pro-force birth. They don't care about life. These are the people defending the death penalty. These are the people defending their right to kill somebody for disagreeing with them. For kill, They're defending the right to kill people for crossing the border. They don't value life. They don't value the lives of women. That's been clearly proven. But they don't value life overall. And they don't have the right to refer to themselves as pro-life. Wow. I suspect that no matter how much data is compiled, statistics are released, there's some people who are just going to dig in and they don't care about the facts. Just like they don't care about an eight year old little girl who needs an abortion because she's been raped and violated. Okay. They don't really care about you. And that's just the way it is. Black Trump supporters kicked out of a MAGA online chat. Let's take a look. I appreciate it. Yeah, we're just introducing ourselves. The MAGA people got to stick together. It's one country, one flag. So that's. No, 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 no. Don't talk about MAGA people, but. The American people. The American people. But. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Listen, Tropic, you are my co speaker. You can say whatever you want. But don't don't you ever tell me like I am I am like I'm Chase, right? Okay. Is, that, is that true? Yeah. Is that true? Um hashtag black Black Chicago for Trump. That's what it says. Hashtag black yeah. Chicago for so, Trump. So 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 who's Tropic? Do you know Tropic? Tropic? Yeah. I'm new to this whole Twitter what brought you in this? I told you I saw my friend was in here and it showed up at the top of my screen. Okay, so who's your friend? Miss Trevian. Who's your friend? Ms. Trevian. Okay. So so Miss Trevian. What brought her in here? You gotta ask her. You? Mr. Tropic sent me a DM and said that you were he was gonna be in you a know, space. Tro- Mr. Tropic, I say next time, don't ever bring these people in here. Oh. I don't want to talk to them. Chase, 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 Unpacket political consultant Nikki Barnes uncovered this online chat group on X. She's been monitoring chats featuring black conservatives. Okay. Black Trump supporters, though, kicked out of this 
MAGA online chat. Now, Nikki previously exposed a chat that featured actor Isaiah Washington being verbally abused and threatened by a raging bigot in a chat room. We brought you the story, okay? This is, uh, I guess, par for the course. I, I know a uh, conservative who happens to be black who went to an event and was um, physically threatened, if not assaulted. I believe it was assaulted. Personal friend of mine. Yes, believe it or not, or, you know? Um, and it really woke him up on this Trump thing. Like nothing else could really woke him up. What do you make of this? It doesn't surprise me. And so when we say expose Ravana, it's this is par for the course, okay? From Herman Cain, may he rest in peace, to the next one on down the line, to that God, the senator from South Carolina who's standing. I just love you. This is par for the course. Hello. All right. This is exactly who the Republicans have been telling the world that they are for a long time now. Um, you know, I can speak from the perspective as a member of the LGBTQ community. There is the most embarrassing segment of our community is the gay Republican community, and they're so loud and so proud about it, and it just is constantly embarrassing me. And then they'll see the uh, the heinous homophobia. The uh, the bigotry, the uh, anti, you know, the transphobia that that is part of the agenda of the party. They'll be the victims of it, and then they'll say, "How could this happen to me?" Well, you kind of gave them <laughs> one. You gave them credibility by saying, "No, they're not homophobic." I'm gay and I'm a Republican. I'm gay and I'm part of this uh, Republican movement while knowing that they actually are homophobic. And, you know, example that comes to the front of my mind is Dave Rubin, who has been doing that shtick for, you know, for money, (laughs) dancing for money for the Republican Party. And it's been a lucrative grift for him for a long time. Uh, And then he announced that he and his husband were going to be uh, having their children by surrogacy, should have been the happiest moment of his life. Um, But he was called a baby snatcher. Uh, multiple other slurs for gay people, a groomer, a pedophile, disgusting. And at to an extent, I, it's sort of like, yeah, what else did you expect? You know how these people view you. You've had to sit across the table from Ben Shapiro and he told you that he thought your marriage was an affront to God and that it was disgusting and he wouldn't go to a celebration of your wedding. This is the people who you've been courting all this time. Of course they hate you. Of course they're bigoted to you. And particularly with the gay community that are Republicans, they've been selling out the trans community. But it's like, did you think it was going to stop there? Did you think they were just going to be transphobic and not also homophobic? Come on, wake up. The question is whether abortion is health care. And if you believe that a fetus is a human life, then abortion is not health care. You know, in my veterinary career, I did thousands of, of ultrasounds on animals, you know, uh, determining pregnancy and that kind of thing. So I think I know mammalian fetal development better than probably anyone here. And in my, in my mind, there's absolutely no question that's a life. And I, th- I think the science backs me up on that. But this is really a moral question, and I recognize that not everybody that's in here is going to agree with me. And if I had the 
oratorical skills of Lincoln, I still wouldn't change a single mind over there. I would just want to see what the credentials are. Okay. It was Thursday while debating Assembly Bill 975 legislation that would introduce a 14 week abortion ban referendum if passed. Wisconsin GOP state rep Joel Kitchen stated his past experience as a veterinarian gave him better expertise than his colleagues to determine that abortion is not a health care right. Another man stepping forward with expertise on being a woman. The average duration for a human's gestational period or pregnancy is roughly 38 weeks. Where for other non-human mammals, the length of gestation varies greatly from species to species. You see, ultrasound, that's a that's a, a human. Okay. We could can everyone see that? Does anyone need it enlarged or can you see what we're showing you? Shortest known gestation is that of uh, the Virginian opossum, about 12 days. The longest is the Indian elephant, about 22 months. Wait a second. Some people think the opossum's cute, I don't. But we're just giving you the period of gestation. Representative Kitchens probably tended to mammals like cats and dogs. Pregnancy in dogs normally ranges from 57 to 65 days. Cat pregnancies on average last for 63 to 65 days. Average human pregnancy. 266 days. And both of them looking like, why are you up? Why are you putting us up here? <laughs> we ain't got nothing to do with this. Well, tell Representative Kitchens that we had to put you up there. Okay. Put them back up there, please. Okay. We, we understand you're not part of this. It's <laughs> Representative Kitchens who doesn't. Okay. Now you all can go back to doing what you do, begging for treats and sleeping all day, and then jumping on my countertops. Kitty, I've asked you to stop doing that, okay? Don't make me put some foil up there. We, we say it's what in the red uh, state hell, Ravana, because what the hell? Now we're not women, we're non-humans. And he's the expert on this, and nobody needs a medical abortion. Shut up. <laughs> okay, go ahead, Ravana. It is just phenomenal. It is phenomenal the hubris of these men who want to control our bodies. And you're right, the implication there is that women are just dogs, we're just cats, we're just animals. And there's no difference between helping a someone's pet deliver their uh, litter of pups or kittens than, I, I don't know, the real world implications that being pregnant and then having to raise a child has on a human person. They don't see us as whole people. They absolutely do not. But he did say something in there caught my attention, which was, I probably know more than anyone in this yeah, room about- mammalian fetal development. And that is probably true, considering it looked to be a room of all men. I'm sure mm -hmm. none of them have a background in actually mm -hmm. delivering uh, human babies. Uh, so that's, that's probably true, but that is a very indictment of who is crafting these laws about 
human women's bodies is this guy, most qualified man in the room. And his only qualification <laughs> is that he is a veterinarian. It's just, it's outstanding. It's exactly what I would expect from these people, but it's just to see it so clearly on display and his his level of confidence, his self-righteousness is just despicable. Gross. Grotesque. It is despicable. And you notice that you're right with the people in the room. Nobody went, nobody put him in a straitjacket. Nobody took him down, gave him a tranquilizer and got him some some help. Because I think you need some help if you're this far gone. Either that or nobody's ever told you the truth. Okay. I wouldn't take uh, Squiggles and Mocha to see this vet. My daughter's little dogs that she, I why do I have to feed them? They're your dogs. But I wouldn't take them to see Representative Kitchen because he's not he's not getting it. In even the most basic human terms, if you will. All right, we're almost out of time, but can you please put them up one more time? The, the dog and the cat who I think we owe an apology because we, but it's important for me to let you know. I think one's a guy and one's a girl, <laughs> but it's gender neutral, who cares? We did not do this to you. Representative Kitchens did. That's how doggone it, how far gone we are. Okay. He's now saying that you are evidence of why women don't need any abortion for medical reasons. This guy right here. My God. Maybe he'll see the segment, Rayvon. I'll give you the last word. And he will. It's wishful thinking, reverse himself, see himself clearly. I don't know, maybe his older brother, mama, cousin, somebody will call him and say, sit down, Kitch, sit down. I would just say that I think that this man doesn't value human life or mm. animal life for that I matter. Agree. That he you know, doesn't think that there's any medical reason to have an abortion, which means that he thinks that women should die. You believe that women should <laughs> die if their only options are to die or get an abortion, which by the way, if they die, that fetus is gonna die right along with them. So now oh, <laughs> the, hmm. the thing that you view as a human being, the fetus is dead, the woman is dead, and you consider that to be pro-life? Talk to some women, talk to some yeah. women in your life. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. <laughs> they even tried to make it if you left their State border, cross state lines, and then you're you're in trouble too. Tell the people where they can find you again, Ray. You're always a ray of sunshine for us. Oh, thank you. Yes, absolutely. Everybody can um, follow me, follow my videos for Rebel HQ on their YouTube channel as well as their Facebook. And you can follow me for updates, Ravana TTV on Twitter. I'm also on Instagram, just as Ravana. Um, it's been a wonderful way to end my week. Breaking down these stories with you, Sharon. Wow, I love you. And I think the world of you. And again, you center us. And I don't mean you're in the center, but you just kind of put everything in perspective. This is indisputable. I want to thank Ravana and all of you for watching. We hope you'll stay with us again. I'm Sharon Reed in for Dr. Richie today. It's an honor to fill the chair. Thank you.